and using it as a, as a superpower. Using it as a power. Wow. Hi, and welcome to the Connection Over Perfection podcast. I am Amber McRae, your therapeutic nutritionist and host. Join me on a holistic healing journey where we explore the power of nutrition and connection for your overall well-being, where we embrace connection over perfection. Okay, amazing humans, welcome back to Connection Over Perfection, where we dive deep into what truly matters, genuine connections and personal growth. Today, we've got a real legend in the house. He's not just your average podcast host, coach, or content creator. He's a fearless warrior on a mission. I'm talking about the one and only Hunter Allen. Speaking of hosting a podcast, he is also the visionary of our new podcast connection network. I can say words. So can I. Our new, <laughs> our new podcast connection network with Heather Harrington with Hot Mess Espresso, Hunter with Everything is Connected podcast, and myself, Connection Over Perfection. So check out our link trees to listen to all of our episodes. So you guys, <clears throat> this guy is one of a kind. He, I'm going to wait for the ambulance to go by. <laughs> love this. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. You guys, this guy, he's the kind who doesn't just talk the talk, he walks it, stumbles, gets back up and keeps on going. Hunter's journey from anger to peace is freaking a roller coaster and he's not afraid to share the highs, the lows and all the messy bits in between. He's open, vulnerable and he's real, which is just one of the amazing things that I love about him. Hunter is on a mission to empower you to love yourself, to create the life you've been wanting, and to speak the freaking language of emotional intelligence. He's not afraid to say, hey, I screwed up, and he's learning to let love in despite being hurt and abandoned more times than he deserves. We've had countless chats about fear, connection, and the need for love, you know, the kind that comes from others. This episode is sparked by those conversations. And Hunter's coaching is all about self-love, but he's stepping into the territory of connection and needing others too. He's not just about his own journey though. He's all about lifting others up. He's building a community, a safe haven on Discord and TikTok, where learning, loving, and embracing the truth that everything is truly connected. Don't forget to check out his link tree in the description to join his TikTok and Discord family. Hunter, we are honored to have you back. Wow. Welcome, my friend. Wow, thank you. I didn't think you could top the first time, but damn. <laughs> yes, I was like making sure. I was like, okay, I have to make this good. So, I mean, you make it good every time. That's what I look forward to listening to your podcast <laughs> is every the, the beginning. Like, oh, what is she going to say about this person? So I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes. And so we have definitely talked about fear a lot, and we were just kind of joking that that came up again yesterday, and it just seems to come up in almost all of our conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fear. Fear. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Fear. Ah, it's a beautiful fucked up thing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So what does fear mean to you, and how has your perspective on it evolved over your personal journey of your growth and healing? 
Fear, fear to me. Well, first of all, I feel like we, we were born with only two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is learned. And so based on that, everything that is learned can be unlearned. And it's stuff that we're taught throughout life. You know, we're, we're taught to be afraid to, to go against the grain, you know, um, because it's different. We're taught that different is, you know, bad and different, you know, that creates a fear. Um, I think fear is all in our head, but it's necessary for us to grow. It's necessary. Um, it's scary. Yeah. But it fear to me, um, is necessary. It's a necessary evil, if you will. Yeah, I agree for sure. And I, I always love talking to you about this because we don't completely see eye to eye on this topic, which I absolutely love because we learn from one another and we're like, I love you, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, (laughs) which is beautiful to have those types of conversations. So you were saying that you believe that we're born with like two types of fear. What? So from my perspective, we're born with fear and love, right? And at some point we are separated from love. So for me, the way I see it is that our, we're born with this fear that enables us to survive, to get what we need, right? So as babies, we cry because we need to be fed or we cry because we need to be held. We cry because we need um, our diaper changed, right? And so that fear is, in, in my opinion, that fear is a natural instinct to be able to get what we need, in life to be able to survive, right? We need food, we need water, and we need love. So what are your thoughts on the fear being a natural fear that we need love and that we need people, even as born into that as, as children, that it's a natural thing. You know, there's studies that show that kids who aren't held and talked to and touched definitely have a disadvantage in their growth process and development mentally, physically, and emotionally. So I, I do agree with you that fear is the opposite of, of love, like, like fear or fear and love, right? They're the opposites. Um, and I, I think that's like where I was coming from is the more the mental, the, the, the mental aspect of it. Whereas fear and love is spiritual, I believe, because, because a lot of people think that fear and hate are the opposite of each other, but hate is the root or hate is just rooted in fear. Um, mm, yeah. So like, and I agree with you, like, I agree with everything you, you just said. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people disconnect the mental and the spiritual part of, of, of fear of what fear is. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Um, okay. So I love yeah. that. So I think I hear that you agree with what I'm saying and you, what you were saying is more that the fear that we're talking about is this, this separation, um, there's like a spiritual fear and then an emotional fear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they look at it two different, two, two separate things, but really it's not, it's not, it's all connected. Right. But fear, right. fear from a mental aspect and fear from a spiritual aspect, a lot of people separate. They, they think they're different things. So correct me if I'm wrong. What I think I hear you saying is that there's so much talk about fear and fear spiritually is very natural. 
But when we talk sometimes about fear being the emotional or mental part of it is that we need to be able to see, is this a, um, a real fear or a perceived fear? Is this fear going to benefit us and get us to where we need to go? Or is this fear hindering us from where we need to go? Is that close? Right. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. Yes. Like, okay. So, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, just for the listeners, just to kind of recap that, um, this is why I love these conversations because things can mean so many different things to, pe- to everyone, right? So, um, what we're saying here is that fear is very natural, that we're born with fear um, for a purpose, but also, just like anything that is good, if you use it too much, it becomes not good. And so if you are rooted in fear, it can hinder you. And so I I think what Hunter was saying is that we have to be really aware of what is happening to us and what fear is coming up for us and why in the circumstance so that we know how to navigate through it. Is that close? Yes, yes. I love that. Thank you. And that's so true, right? Because we can get so stuck in our fear because we're like, I think two things happen. One is that, oh, we're not supposed to have fear. So let's make it go away. And two, this fear is real. I need to fix it and make it better. Right. So, I mean, I, I know live, I lived that for a long time, but to now just you saying that I'm like, I want to just roll my eyes and say, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> like, like, because, because fear, fear is beneficial to us. Fear is definitely a benefit to us. It is. And I think, um, and that kind of leads me to my next question is, you know, your thoughts on, on validating our fear and acknowledging it and the benefit in that, what have you experienced with just acknowledging and validating your fear over the last few years? Acknowledging the fear and um, saying like, hey, yeah, I'm afraid is relieving. It's like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Okay, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's real. It's real, but it, it doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to play out the way I think it might play out. You know, like last night, for example. Can we just talk about last night? Can we just bring that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So I, um, I had, you know, somebody had said something to me on TikTok I'm just going to give the shorter version, but um, they said that I was what's wrong with mental health. And that was what really bothered me. Um, and that for me, like I was, I was muted and then blocked. And for me, uh, all these things came up like, what did I do? Um, I, I didn't feel seen or heard. I felt very judged. And there was that fear of, a, of being abandoned, of being, of being misunderstood and not being good enough. I, I got angry. But I sat with it and I, I didn't allow it to consume me all the way. Like I went and talked to you because we need people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I know you're loving that. And I, I know everybody's just loving that. <laughs> just, just a tad bit. <laughs> but it, like, and you, you validated me and it, 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 like me speaking about my fears instead of just making them want to go away um, made things feel better. And I was able to move through the process of moving past the fear. And like, now it's just something to laugh at. I don't, I'm not holding on to that. Whereas before, had I just pushed that fear away, 
I'd still be stewing in it right now. So yeah, I love that. So just a little more context is that Hunter's passion is is mental health. And so he experienced somebody giving information that could be really harmful to other people. And so he spoke his mind and that's when they, you know, kind of attacked him and attacked his character. And so what we kind of talked about last night is that you have done all of this hard work and something came up for you that not enoughness, right? That I've done all of this work and yet maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I still don't matter. Maybe I'm still getting it wrong. Maybe all of these people that look up to me are just going to leave me. Yeah. The point here is that we can take almost any circumstance, honestly, and it lead back to our core fear of being abandoned, of being alone. And for people who have learned how to survive on their own because we had to, we had to get to a place where we did it all on our own. And then to come to a place to say that we need people and to let people back in and to let people help. For me, honestly, it felt weak and it felt frustrating. It felt like I couldn't do something after working so hard to do all of the things and provide for myself, right? And so it's this journey of like the pendulum being just pulled back and then let go. And it's from one extreme to the other. And somewhere in the middle, we just fall into this place of we need ourselves and we need others as well. Equally being able to provide for ourselves and one another in that space. We we don't agree on everything, right? The 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 relying on self equally between self and, and community. For me, I still feel like we get to focus and like rely on ourselves first. And if we can't do it, if if we've exhausted all of our energy in trying to figure it out, and we just can't do it, at that point is when I would go to community or I would go seek help from others. Um, because I still believe that everything we need is within us. But at the as we can do it ourselves doesn't mean we have to. Yes. So. I think I hear you saying that for you, the importance of self-reliance really still outweighs the connection. While you are in a space to begin to allow people in, you still really feel like we need to be able to provide for ourselves first. Yeah. 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 And I agree. I agree to an extent for me, I think just from what I've experienced and what I'm learning and what I'm going through in my marriage um, is that, I mean, kind of like you said, we can do it on our own, but we don't have to. And so, especially in my marriage, I've learned, <clears throat> and I'm not saying this with every single relationship, right? We have, in my opinion, we have safe people and then we have everyone else, and then we have a safe person or a few safe people that are your safe persons, right? Because there's a difference between being safe for someone and being their safe person. That's like your core person that you do life with. And you can have like one or two of those people. Um, But being safe for somebody just means that, you know, you're not you're there to listen and validate. You see them. It's non-judgmental, and mutually you create a very safe place in that connection. So for me, 
when you have that safe person, that to me is a space where I let my guard down and I, and I let him into those deep, dark places where I could do it on my own. I have so many times and that's my go-to, right? It's like something happens. I'm like, fuck this shit. I can do all of this on my own. I don't need to do this. And over the last three years, I've really had to try to reprogram that go-to because I don't want that to be my go-to. I want my go-to to be how can I lean into his love, his acceptance, his connection? How can I allow him to be safe for me? Because ultimately, what I want and need is when I am in those really scary places, when I am in my fear, that is legitimate because I don't want to be alone in those very scary places, right? And and when I'm talking about alone, I'm not talking about we have to do everything together. That shit would drive everyone crazy, right? That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about emotionally being there for one another in moments of fear. Holding (laughs) space. Basically. Holding space. Yeah. Holding space and, and seeing and validating and get to those places. And that fear comes up for me to go to him and say, Hey, you know, Right now, I just really need you to hold me and I need to cry instead of running to the bathroom, shutting the door and and crying on my own, which I know that I can do, but wanting him to still come after me. This is, I mean, this is like, (laughs) it is, it is. And it's, it's one that we don't even really know consciously that we're playing. It just... We want to our core to be connected, but our programming is, no, we can't let anyone right. in. Right. Do you think that, so you said that um, your your safe person is usually your partner, your, your forever person. Do you, like, do you think it's possible that it could be somebody else? Because I, for me, my safe person was my therapist. I paid my safe person to be my safe person. Oh, 100%. My safe person was my therapist too until I until she helped me integrate. Well, honestly, when our relationship went south, I was doing therapy and she was my safe person for almost 9 mm. years before I couldn't do it anymore and my husband and I were so emotionally disconnected that um we had to separate and it was at that point he said I'm missing something and I don't I don't want to lose her and he was willing to fight and do the hard work um that's when he came in and we began to integrate um what I had learned and what he had learned from listening but never really applied it was then that he could start becoming my safe person and so um, my therapist is still one of my safe people. I still see her one, uh, either once a week or every other week because I think that it's needed. And I will have to say I have been doing this for over 10 years and I have never walked away from a session and felt like I didn't get something from it or that I wasted my money ever, never, never, never. And so 
I don't know if I answered. No, you did. You did. You did. Um, you did. Okay. And okay. That speaking of fear and safe people, I, <clears throat> I the re- part of the reason why I was so firm in doing it alone is because I was afraid that I would I would hurt people again because I've hurt so many people in my life, <clears throat> both mentally, you know, phys- mentally and physically. Like I've hurt a lot of people, and I don't I don't want to do that again. And 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 I don't want to disappoint somebody or let somebody down. Like, yes, I don't want anybody to hurt me, but I don't, I think the fact that the most important person in my life hurt me so long ago, I don't think anybody can compare to that hurt. So it's more so that me, I, I fear me hurting somebody else or letting somebody down. And that is why I, I struggle with, you know, letting people in want. That's why I struggle with wanting to let people in. Yeah, that's huge. So I think what I hear you saying is that the person that you needed the most already abandoned you and hurt you. So nobody could really compare to that type of pain to be caused to you. And so while you acknowledge that, one of the other things you struggle with is that the fear of hurting other people and because you've experienced that as well. And so you know what it feels like also to be hurt and abandoned. And so you never, you've done all of this work to change those parts of you so that you don't cause people pain. And so you're always very hyper aware of your actions and your words because you care so deeply about others. And so that fear of saying something and hurting them, but ultimately that that would lead to them leaving you. Yeah. And do you think that that is the same fear, that fear of feeling that raw fear that that person did to you? That when you are afraid of hurting people and that they may leave, that it still triggers that fear and that experience because your body your body remembers what being abandoned by the most important person in your life felt like. And so to me, it would only make sense that your body and your mind are like, hey, we can't ever experience that again. And so we have to do whatever is necessary to not experience that. Hmm. It's, I mean, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um it's definitely something I get to sit with for sure. It makes a lot of sense. I, but I feel like I've let, I feel like I've let that go. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not angry about it. I don't, I don't hate, you know, I don't hate them for it. Um, You know, I, I have a lot of love, I have a lot of love for that person. And, 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 you know, they'll always be with me, you know, my mother, but um, I don't know. That does, I, I do understand what you're saying and it does make sense. And maybe that it, it's quite possible, very possible. That I'm hope my body remembers that and doesn't want that to happen again. Yeah, to me that would be the same fear, right? Because it's just our core fear, our our deepest fear, yeah. and that deepest fear happened to you, Hunter. Yeah, it did. You you experienced that, you know, and I think that and and correct me if this is not how you feel. But we can still love and understand the person and why they did what they did. But we can never erase and shouldn't erase what we experienced. 
And it's not that we dwell on it every day. And it's not that, you know, we hold resentment or anger or need to talk about it all the time, but it's our core fear. Yeah. And it's there for a reason and a purpose and it makes sense. And when something comes up in our life that our body says, hey, this is an alert that we don't want to feel this way. We remember what this feels like and this feels like it's going to lead us down that road to experience that. So, hey, be aware. We don't want this. That's what, that's what those triggers are, right? When we get triggered, it's like our body is saying, whoa, hold the phone. Something's happening and we're feeling, we felt these feelings mm-hmm. before. Yep. And if we push through that fear, if we lean into that fear and embrace it, in my experience, it's always been beautiful on the other side. It's always been something better than what was before. But yet I still, I still do it. I still fight that fear. I don't always let the fear just, play itself out. I, I, I fight it, which then causes problems. Right. And I think that, you know, I don't know about for you, but I'm, I do the same damn thing. You know, I just experienced one of the scariest things that I had ever been through in, in my relationship and fear just overtook. And I dove deep into that fear and I've been doing this shit for so long and I have all the tools and I know all the things and, and it's still, and it just reminds me that we can't make this go away. This journey isn't about being perfect. No. It isn't about doing it right. It's about getting it wrong and learning through that, right? Because how are other people supposed to know that it's okay when they also don't get it right? If we don't talk about it and we don't show that, other people are going to feel very alone because we're never going to get it right all of the time. And like you said, it's in those moments that if you can use them for good, they are beautiful, right? And so I call that when when we disconnect or, you know, from ourselves or from others, it's an opportunity for a deeper connection. Yeah, yeah. deeper connection with self. And then others. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> I do agree with you. Yeah. And I just always have to emphasize the others part. Right. And I, I get it. Like, I, I, I get it. I do. I do. Like, sometimes I have to figure out why someone wants to be in my life, too. Like, why? Why? Like, earlier today, someone said, said that, you know, we all love you. Like, a lot of people are in love with you, Hunter. And I said, no. You're not in love with me. You're in, you're in love with the idea of me. You, but the second yes. I the second I do something that doesn't make you happy or that upsets you, you're gone. That's my experience, and it's played out every time. And they're like, "Well, that's different." I'm like, no, it's not. It's the same. It's all the same. Like, it's it's hard to find some. It, it's I feel like it's hard to find somebody who will truly love me for me. Good, bad. I mean, like I have, I have, like I have, you know, the whole community that we're building, me, you, Ryan, shout out Ryan, shout out Ill, shout out Madeline, shout out all you beautiful people. Um, but uh, I, 
it's hard. I think it's hard to find somebody who can purely just love me for me. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, while you have this community and you have friends and, and you have us, it's different having a partner. There's a different energy. There's a different connection. It's that, it's that person that, that you're going to do life with that is there through the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the bits in between, right? Like we can build a community and we can build friends and, and you can have safe people, but they're not going to be with you daily, right? And so that question of always like, yeah, if you saw how shitty I keep my room and I annoyed you every morning with bad breath and, right. you know, I did all of these annoying things and you don't like, we don't agree <laughs> as he's checking his breath. <laughs> And we, you know, you don't agree on everything that you do in parenting and politics and house and chores and finances. That is a different level than even, you know, your deepest, safest friends. And that I think is what you're talking about, really finding somebody on that level. And I think for me, what I experienced is that we're not going to love everything about the other person, but we're going to love them so much that we're going to figure out how to compromise through those things. And, and I think that that fear, right? That fear that they're going to leave. I mean, that's just what it comes down to is that fear that we're going to do something and they're going to leave. And that is legit because we've experienced that time and time again. And so it's really takes a lot of work. And this is why a lot of people don't have these relationships. Because if you ask Chris, my husband, he will tell you this shit is, is fucking hard. It's hard work. It, it takes a lot of learning and um, humility and practice and um, time and energy in order to truly love somebody and work through things because we each have our triggers. And I think that's part of, you know, learning how to love people through our triggers, which we're, we're experiencing that. And that's, a, that's something that never goes never. away. <laughs> never. Honoring those triggers, those triggers, like leaning into those triggers is important. They're just reminders of things we get to work on. You know, sorry. I, I just wanted to ask how, how power, how beautiful is your relationship being able to do that with, with Chris, being able to talk and, and with, you know, and understand that, yeah, like we have fears, but we have each other. Like, you know, he has your back and he knows you have his back. So I'm going to try not to cry <laughs> because when you're little and you have this idea and you're told of what a relationship is supposed to be like, right? Like this fairy tale. It's so much better than that because it's not all superficial. And to be able to say anything and know that you're loved through it and to be able to talk anything out and say your deepest, darkest fears and your thoughts that we don't ever talk about that we can go through really, really tough shit 
And as he says, like oak trees, our roots go deep into the ground and they connect. And so no matter what freight train that hits, we can stand firm because we choose. It's a choice. It's not this magical love that you just comes upon you and there's no struggle or anything. You know, that shit is is not real. (laughs) Real love takes work. And continuous work and energy and dedication because because we're fucking human. We have thoughts. We have desires. We have goals. And that shit doesn't go away when you find the person that you want to be with, that you choose to be with. And so it's a choice. And so, you know, we still struggle a lot with a lot of things because we're different and we're learning how to embrace that. He tends to withdraw a lot more. And he spent his whole life not being seen or heard. And so to really learn how to love him better. And so that's one of the reasons I'm so terrified and I get so scared. It's because I've never experienced in my whole life a relationship like this, a love like this, a commitment and communication like this. And so when something tells me that that's going to go away or I get scared, right? That fear is catastrophic because I don't want to lose that. So there's that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Really, thank you. And I ask because I don't know, I want to know what that feels like. I want to know what I, I want to know what to look forward to, what I could have. It's like breathing life into one another, a breath of life that you've never experienced. No shit, I've never experienced it. (laughs) (laughs) I had not either. And, you know, it, it wasn't until very recently that I could really, um, sit in that we've been married 13 years and I would say in the last, the last three years, it really changed in the last three months. It's drastically changed as far as those roots diving really, really deep. Would you say you're stronger now than you than ever? Oh my God. Yes. But also at the same time, I feel weaker because that fear for me of feeling like I was going to lose this shook my confidence. And so I am having to learn how to acknowledge that fear and validate it and just know that it comes from a place of not wanting to lose this connection, right? Not wanting to be without that and being alone again. And so I think that I wouldn't change all of the shit that we had to go through, even though it was detrimental and terrible I mean, it was like to the point where my my body had broke out in hives and I just couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I it was catastrophic. And so, you know, I didn't know that I could love somebody other than my kids like that. <laughs> you uh, know? Oh, damn. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. But I want to know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I've never experienced that. Right. And I I don't think, honestly, the really sad part is I don't think hardly anybody has. I believe that. To a point where 
instead of trying to make triggers go away, right? There's a lot of really good relationships where they just try not to trigger each other. They try to do things. They, you know, they make it to where it's just, it's good because nobody gets triggered. So there's no fighting. There's none of this, right? Is that healthy? That's not healthy, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so, right? But we do that out of fear, fear that the other person is going to leave, that we're going to lose our person. But it's just a made up, it's a made up thing because if they were really our person, they wouldn't, they wouldn't leave or they would find their way back. Yes. Right. But it takes two to tango too. I mean, I could tango by myself a lot. I tango by myself quite a bit. (laughs) But you have to admit it's not as fun if you don't have a partner. Right. Fine, whatever. You win. You yep. win, okay? okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So it takes these two people to really be safe for one another. Because you can have one partner be safe, which that's usually how it starts, is one partner's like, I'm I'm committed to this relationship so much that I am going to forfeit my feelings to be safe to create safety to create a bridge back to you and that is necessary so when i talk about fighting for somebody right and and putting my feelings on the back burner there are people that i am willing to fight for there are people i'm willing to do that for for a season because they've never experienced safety How do they know what safe feels like if they've never experienced it? Right. They don't. I I don't. I haven't. I haven't. And I think that you're starting to get a taste of what that feels like, which is probably like, okay, I've tasted this. Now I want more. What is, you know, what is the, all of it feel like? Yeah, I'm sick of just the tip. I want the whole damn thing. But, but I, (laughs) I, there's still the fear, like take, like I don't want. It. Now it's like, I want it all, but yeah, I I don't want to then scare somebody off because I'm too much. Like all these stupid stories in my head, like, like just they're I'm coming up with these stories to protect myself, right, from the potential of getting hurt, but then I'm missing out, and that's scary. Fear of missing out, is scary too. So it's a lose lose, I think, by playing, you know, by ignoring the fear. Well, and I think this is, that's beautiful and talks about what we first, what you first brought up when we started this is that fear is necessary, right? That fear of missing out is necessary because you could be missing out and you have missed out on some beautiful connections, right? So that fear is there for a reason. But like you said, if you get trapped there and you stay there and you, and you spin and then you just get caught between these two cycles, fear of, you know, missing out, fear of not being enough, fear of too much. And then you stay stuck. Mm. Oof, gross. Don't say that again. Please don't say that again. Ugh, fuck. <laughs> and I think we get there, right? Because, because we're human. We find ourselves in this stuck spot and unintentionally, we just like, I don't know about for you, but I work so fucking hard to not be stuck. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh Mm -hmm. shit, I'm stuck. 
son of a bitch. I, how the fuck did I get right? here? But then you look back and you're like, oh, I see what I did. Oh, there's that. I did that. Oh, there's that. There's that. I fucked up there. There's that. Hmm. I do that. And I think that that is just th- this beautiful fucked up journey is we're never going to get out of that cycle, right? We're always going to end up here, but it's about being able to recognize it and be like, okay, fuck, we're here again. What do we do? Back to the basics, back to our baby steps, you know? Okay. Acknowledge our fear. What's happening for us? This fear is valid. We experience this, right? Like we see you. It's like talking to the little kid in us. You know, for me, my fear looks like, wow, I'm emotional. (laughs) This fear looks like this little girl and she's standing in this room crowded with people and she has her hands down and she's screaming at the top of her lungs and there's people all around her. Some are laughing, some are screaming back at her. Some have their backs turned. Some are telling her how much they love her and how much they need her, but nobody's coming to her. You had your eyes closed, but when you replay this, you're going to see what what happened. That's exactly, you word for word, that's exactly what came up. I, I, I was in, in the streets, screaming, yelling, having my hands up, and people just walking past and not being seen or heard or acknowledged. Like, that's that's wild. That, that, that was wild. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but goddamn. No, you're good. Wow, that is insane. We're not alike at all. And we all have, I believe that our all of our fear has an image. Yeah. And for me, I'm learning as I let Chris be my safe person instead of my counselor, instead of my therapist, I'm having to learn what I need in those moments and moments are going to be different. And I've learned that it's not about the trigger. It's about what's happening to me. And if I can communicate and say, you know what, because when we talk about the trigger, it triggers the other person's fear. And then we get lost and we get caught in this cycle. Right? So if I can, this is where self work and self, this is where the self comes in because it's necessary right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I acknowledge that I'm triggered. Why? What's coming up for me? And if I can communicate that, because this is where the magic happens. If I can go to Chris and say, right now, I'm just really scared. And I just need you just to hold me. And not everybody needs holding. When I first did that and I told him and I was like, hey, I just I just need you to hold me. He held me and then he started talking and it didn't feel good. And I was like, shh. And he was like, shit, I fucked up again. But I, I was able to communicate after, hey, I've heard words my whole life. And in these moments, I don't need words. I need you to come to me and embrace me. And help me co-regulate because that little girl has never been able to regulate her emotions. She's always had to be on. She could never turn off or somebody was going to get hurt. 
She always had to be alert. She always had to be on guard. And I need you to come in and hold me so I can just turn off for a few moments. That's beautiful. I have my body pillow to do that. (laughs) I had one too, and Chris called it my whale penis. Ow. (laughs) Because... Because it like wrapped around. It was huge, right? So I no longer have that. But I do understand. <laughs> like when you were t- when you were you know sharing your experience with Chris, I I thought about like crawling in my bed, grabbing my body pillow and just rolling over. I'm like, yeah, that works. That's the same thing. Except my body pillow doesn't talk. Which might be good, <laughs> right? Sometimes we just need to shut the fuck up and just hold me. Right. And, and until we have a safe person, we do have to learn how to regulate on our own. And I went through a season where I coached people and women how to regulate on their own unknowingly. And then I spiraled because I was teaching them how to cope on their own instead of allowing people in. Mm. But this is that journey where we all of it's necessary. There's a there's a phase that we have to go through that there may not be anybody fucking there for you. And you have to learn how to do We get to go through it. We get to get to it. I think that we can use that as good, yes. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you biting your tongue? <laughs> because, I mean... I don't think that we were created to do it alone in that aspect. I don't think that we're supposed to do things alone, but I do think that these experiences are necessary to build the whole self. A solid foundation. You're not going to build a house on sand. Mm-hmm. But like, how, and how do you, you beat the shit out of that sand and, and mix it up with a bunch of shit and then it becomes concrete <laughs> and it's hard as hell and you can't you can't break it. Right. And then you build your house on it. But see, for me, uh, I don't know. For me, that safe person, whoever that is, it could be a friend, it could be a sibling, it can be a therapist. I don't think that you can begin to mix that concrete without that safe person. I think that you have to have safety in some aspect to build a solid foundation. And I believe that that is what we're providing people is we're helping be their, you know, safe people for them when they have no one, because we need some sort of stability, some sort of safety to begin to stand on. So have I been have I been playing in sand all this time thinking I was playing in concrete? No, you said you had a safe person. I think that she really helped create that foundation for you. Yeah. I paid her to do it, but yeah. I paid mine to do, I mean, people pay us. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't I don't think that that's, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of people pay for a lot of things. I think I want somebody to want to be that person. We're just going to sit in that for a minute. I just got said out loud. You want somebody to fight for you. You want to be worth doing all that work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so natural and normal. They're ringing. There's a ringing. There's a ringing in my ears right now. What did you do? I think you just like <laughs> unlocked something for yourself and let it out into the universe. I just got a message too from somebody. 
the universe is all, here you go. Ask and you shall receive. (laughs) If that's not a confirmation of some sort, of even just, Hunter, I'm proud of you for opening up your heart and going down this journey again. Even if that person isn't the person, you are opening up to that experience and you are speaking that, hey, I'm ready and I want that, which is like the first step, right? Yeah. Yeah. How are we supposed to get something when we can't even say what we want? Mm. Wake up. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to turn into a session. Usually everything turns into a session. I mean, we both got teary-eyed. We both got emotional. (laughs) I know, right? Because we're talking about fear and we're talking about our core wants and needs and desires that we're programmed to shut off and shut down and pretend they don't exist. And, you know, there's so many things with that. You, you know, you said, I want someone to want me like that. I want to be wanted. And I think that we're so programmed that first of all, to not need people, there's so much stigma around needing and wanting right? You can, you can be needy, but not wanty. And you can, you know, don't be too needy. And, and, and if you, if you want to be wanted, then that means that you can't go within yourself. You're too afraid to go within. Right. And I think this is where we like go back and forth, right? In like the spiritual community is like, all you need is within you. And I believe all you need to get started is within you. But all you need to reach your highest possible self is in with us and one another. It's in connection. Because everything is connected. Yeah. And, you know, even this this persona that, that we're stronger, we don't need people. And we, we don't need to be wanted Yeah, is that that feels needy somehow to be wanted, to be needed mixed in with that, that fear of not wanting to be needed or wanted because we're going to hurt somebody else. So you like mix all that together and it's this ball of fuckery that just kind of keeps you stuck. It's taking away from someone else's choice. Someone else, like they, it's taking away from me saying that I don't need anybody. It's taking away from someone else's choice to to you know decide whether or not they want me. Yeah, because you don't even give them the option. You know, we don't we don't give people the option to fight for us. I, my best friend and I, we just went through something, and we were talking, and I said, you know. If you would have stopped talking to me in this, I would have came to you and I would have said, hey, let's go to counseling because we're going to work this shit out. And she looked at me and she was like, why would you do that? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, because you're worth fighting for because this connection is important to me because I will do whatever it takes 
to fight and make this relationship work because you are important to me. And she tried to rob me of that. And I was like, bitch, no, I'm not going to let you. And so this is what I'm talking about. The two way street, right? If I would have just let her walk out of my life, she probably would have. And I would have lost because I would have lost her friendship. And she would have lost because she would have lost my friendship. Sometimes we have to fight for one another. Well, shit. Thinking of all the people that I just let go, like, fuck them, whatever. And, you know, there's a season for that, too. There are some people that we do need to let go. There's some people we're not going to fight for, right? Right. Some people you kind of want to just... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, there's, you know, there's some people that we fight for that are worth that time and that energy. You know, for me, my sole purpose in this universe, in this lifetime, whatever, is connection. Like, to me, nothing else even matters. Isn't it funny how we're, we, my purpose is the exact opposite. (laughs) But is it, though? It's not. (laughs) It just, I feel like you were in a space that you, I mean, I, that's why I so resonated with what you were saying and, and can understand I felt like I was there in that season where I had to do it on my own and I was I had to teach other people how to do it on their own. That is a season. Yeah. And then I found something beyond that and I was like, "Oh shit, it's not over. We don't stop there." And so many people stop there. It's wild. That's wild. <laughs> Literally my mind is just like <laughs> because because I never I never put this together until just now. I never put this like we resonate with each other. Like we've connected from day one, but my, my sole purpose has been to, to show everybody that they are all that they need and yours is connection. And yet somehow we're here together doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Because it is all connected and, and we need ourselves. We need to be connected to ourselves. And I, that's what I started off. I started off teaching people how to connect to themselves. And then later the connecting to others got added in. And we do, we need to be connected to ourselves. And that work is so beneficial and so needed and so detrimental to this world because we're just so disconnected from ourselves and from one another, but from ourselves. (laughs) It starts with, yeah, yeah, you're right. It starts with self and then moves to connection. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. What the fuck? You're right. (laughs) But let me throw this wrench in there. How do you learn to connect with yourself if you never experience connection in the first place? So we have been connected before and we have been hurt and abandoned. It was my kids. So connection with others starts it. Because I only stayed for my kids and then I isolated and learned to connect with self. Damn it. I'm not trying to win a fight here. I'm just pointing things out. No, I, I hear you. I, and, and it's not a fight. It's not a fight at all. And I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm trying not to be stubborn. I'm, op- I'm open. I'm okay. open. 
I'm open. I'm open to it. And it just makes, it does make sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. And when you said we, how do we have connection with self if we don't ex, uh, experience connection at all? And the first thing I thought of was my kids, because that, those were the, that was the first time I was able to like, look at a person and say, I will fucking die for you. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that fear was activated. If, if I lose my kids, I'll do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And so our, our greatest fear is activated. So fear is a superpower is what we're getting at. Yeah. It's our guide. It needs to direct us, but not, how do I want to say this? Fear needs to lead us, overtake but us. not overtake us. Right. So it needs to be our, it needs to be there. I, I just, I love this analogy because I feel like it just says it the best. Fear needs to be with us on our journey. It needs to be in the car with us, but it needs to sit in the fucking backseat and it can't touch the radio. Fuck, can't even look out the window. Just lay down <laughs> with a blanket over it. <laughs> We're smuggling right. that bitch. <laughs> That's how literally we feel most days, right? When that fear comes up, we're all, no, shut the fuck down. Yep. And fear's yep. like, hey. Put my size 11 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what so many of us do is we try to suffocate our fear yeah instead of hey okay fear i'll listen to you i'll validate you you know if fear was a person right Oof. your last podcast is on empathy what if we had empathy yeah. for our fear what if we had empathy what? Say that again? Empathy for our fear. Our fear has a purpose. It just wants to be heard. Oh my god. Wow. That that you just you just <laughs> fuck some shit up. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Wow. You 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 really just opened a can of worms, you know that? <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> Empathy for our fear. That can be dangerous though. Be very dangerous. Well, this is where if we acknowledge, right? So I'm reading this new book. And so it takes it kind of takes all the tools that we really use and kind of mushes them into a little ball of goodness. And so basically it's like acknowledging what comes up, right? So if fear was like a person that just kind of like pops out of the fucking corner and scares you and is like, shit, you're here again. Fuck. Right? And it's like, I recognize that fear is coming up for me. Me and fear are not the same person. We are not the same. But I recognize that fear's coming around the corner. And so just acknowledging it, right? Acknowledging what's happening. I recognize that fear is coming around the corner. What's happening for me? My heart is racing. My, my hands are clammy. Like what is literally happening for you and your body? It's prepping you. Mm -hmm. And so you're acknowledging what's happening to you. So that's the part of like validation, right? Like I see you, I see that you're trying to keep me safe and then using tools like grounding, press your hands together. I feel my hands pressing together. I feel my feet on the ground. And they call it an anchor. So you're anchoring yourself in your mm -hmm. fear, right? You're not, you can't make fear go away. It's just there. 
And so it's an anchor in the storm. You're just anchoring your emotions. You're not trying to make them go away and you're not letting them overtake you. You're just being in them. I'm going to do a whole workshop on this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the difference, right? I'm learning there's there's a difference between suffocating our fear, just shut the fuck up, go away, um, right. and jumping deep into the hole with fear and then drowning with fear and just going into the abyss. But anchoring and, and feeling using it, it. As, a, as a superpower, using it as a power. Wow. Because our deepest fear guides us, right? It allows us to let people in and it allows us to be human and real and authentic and to experience the most joy and the most love. If we didn't have that fear, I don't think that we could experience the opposite. Which is love. Which is love. How would we know what love felt like without fear? How would you know what a warm embrace feels like? Truly, if you've never gone without that, if your heart never ached for that longing, it would just be normal. It wouldn't be anything special. Uh, there would be no magic in it. Yeah, you're right. Thank, thank you, mom. Thank you. Not, I wasn't calling you mom. I was thanking my mom. My mom. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know. But maybe for the yeah, listeners. Mm. I got a lot to sit with after this. I was not expecting this. And one last thing, I think our deepest fear allows us to create the opposite. Yeah. Like I was talking about with, with my relationship with Chris is that I've never felt so much safety and love in my life while at the same time experiencing so much fear and pain. This is, this is, this is, this is it's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. At first I was like, we've talked about fear so much. Are we going to have anything to talk about? Like <laughs> an hour later. I I, we could talk about donuts for two hours. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. Hunter, thank you so much. I truly value you. You are just, I consider you a brother. You are amazing. I love your hunger and curiosity for growing and for learning and for being able to have conversations where we, we go back and forth and we learn from one another and expand our knowledge and expand our understanding of things like fear and connection. So Hunter, thank you so much. I am already planning our next episode, so I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. And I, this has been a beautiful conversation. It's been a beautiful conversation. Yes. Thank you so much. Are you loving our journey together? Then you'll definitely enjoy the Podcast Connection Network alongside Hunter Allen of Everything is Connected and Heather Harrington from Hot Mess Espresso. We're bringing a rich mix of stories and insights. Each show adds its own flavor to our vibrant network. Dive in and explore. Your next podcast obsession is waiting. Join us in this ever-growing community of authentic voices. The link is in my link tree or in the description of this episode. The content provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis, or treatment. The intention of the host and guests is to spread love and awareness. Always seek the advice of your physician or trusted healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard in this podcast. <laughs>